On this week's episode of the Indie Center Podcast, we sit down with stand-up comedian and actor J.P. McAllister. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsors. I am here with J.P. McAllister. He's a comic and an actor. How you doing, buddy? Great. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, so the reason I reached out to you is because I find comedy fascinating. Stand-up is a different world, a different... It takes different guts to get on stage. And not only that, but you also do acting, but your 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 roles in acting are way different than comedy, so I want to dabble into both. Right. Uh, so let's start off with comedy. How did you get into it? I have always had a fascination with comedy. Um, I have a pretty rough past, um, and comedy was something that always brought me up. Okay. So I've had a lot of down moments in life where literally the only thing that would bring me up was comedy, in particular stand-up comedy. Okay. Um, and late-night comedy like The Daily Show or, you know, um, you know, Late Night with Conan O'Brien back in the day and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So and when did this happen for you? When I first started being attracted to comedy and getting into yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've always liked it since the first, the first tape I ever heard was like Ron White's um, Tater Salad or whatever years ago and then like Jeff Foxworthy's... Uh, uh-huh. You might be a redneck. You know, I grew up out in the country, so that's like where my first introduction was to it. Um, you do have a country twang. Where yeah, are you from? I'm from Indiana. I grew up on a dairy farm, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, my wife would love to talk to you. <laughs> she she loves the farms. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's um that's what got it started. Like my my um fascination, I guess, with with comedy. But I think it really kicked off one night. I had been involved in some like really heavy heavy type shit and um street shit yeah and i was and i was with my cousin and we smoked and we were like bugging out because you know we were just like shit what's gonna happen Uh and then dave Chappelle's stand-up was on tv (laughs) and we just started watching it and just before we knew it we both just looked at each other and just died died. laughing yeah and we're like i fell out of bed like i was (laughs) i was sitting on the bed just high like you know and then just fell out laughing you know and it was like that's when it really kicked in. I was like, you know, I don't know. I maybe been like twenty, okay, something like that. Yeah. Did you watch his uh, recent special? Of course, yeah. Oh my god, Love that it. was the funniest I've yeah. seen him. Yeah, and I'm great. not really a big Dave Chappelle person. I watch the shows, and they're okay. I'm not laughing like hysterically yeah. holding my sides, but the, his his latest stand up <coughs> was pretty decent, man. Um, who is your favorite comic? It's really a cross between... The, I say Dave Chappelle off top just because of that moment. Okay. Um, but I would also have to say Ron White because oh. he was my initial... And I love his style of comedy. It's like that... Cla- I don't know if you... Have you ever seen his stand-up special? Yeah. He just stands there, him and a mic, cigar, glass of whiskey. The older guy, right? Yeah, the older yeah, guy with yeah, the white yeah. hair. He wears a black suit. Oh, yeah. so he's almost like a, uh, a Johnny Cash type yeah. persona. And he just tells stories and it's it's like and it's great it's, it's not physical comedy yes it's he's not physical at all there. he's just telling stories you know and i can relate to him because in his thing he's kind of like a drunk and he gets arrested and all this yeah so that's what i actually kind of mimic my comedy style after oh. just a little bit yeah. okay so you just stand there with a cigar and whiskey i don't do that <laughs> but it's the storytelling aspect yeah of yeah it. that's <laughs> cool i one comic that that is is around that realm of ron uh ron white yeah. right uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, I, I, I can't get into him. Yeah, I'm not. I I was in his first his first special, but then it just, you know, you got to move on to a different level, and his stuff was just kind of the, the same. same. Yeah, is his accent real? 
Because I, I heard, heard that his whole thing is fake. It's fake. Yeah, I heard that everything about him is fake. Which I'm not hating on him. If yeah. you can do that and make forty million dollars, if you, if he you made, could keep up that, that whole for gimmick, the, right? Like Miss Cleo, call me now. I mean, just to brand that is amazing. Like he went and did the get her done thing. I don't know if you remember. And they had yeah, hats yeah. and like it was a whole movement for yeah. like five years of you know. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. And it's, and I have laughed at his stuff. Don't get me wrong. But it's yeah. very yeah. But it's kind of it's the, not very deep. It's not. There is no <clears throat> evolution. It's right. Just exactly. The same stage. So what is your writing process? Because you say you kind of try to mimic Ron White in, in your in your style. So what is your writing process? Well, technically, like? I don't write at okay. all. I never touch pen to paper except for before I go on stage, I'll make a set list. Really? Of stories that I want to tell. And the rest is written in my brain. It's like I, I, will, I have a premise. Like I'll have a... Because all my stories... I'll just say this. My comedy is completely true. Yeah. The base of all my stories that I tell. So it's kind of like the movie where you say based on a true story. Yeah. So like I'll change a little bit for a punchline or something, but the story base of every story that I tell is true. So it's it's like I'll just think of I'll be thinking back on a story that I, something I've been through, and then yeah. I'll be like, and how can I make o- it funny? You over exaggerate. Yeah. Parts and then I just of it. tell the story. Yeah. So with you never really putting pen to pad, do you ever have you ever in your nine years of comedy ever gotten the stage and just. Yeah, when I used to write my comedy. So when I started, I when you, did. When you wrote When I comedy. first started, I tried to write jokes. Because uh-huh. that's what Google told me to do. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it, I, I didn't know any comedian, so I was like, how do I become a stand-up? So, so I Googled, Googled it, and uh-huh. I literally followed step-by-step step what to do. <laughs> and down to the T, you know, like to the comedy writing, to where to go to start, yeah. how to, you know, brain, everything. Every aspect of comedy I Googled. I didn't ever ask another person. What? Um, so, and the first time you Googled something, you, you took that to heart? The first thing, yeah, I just put how, Google, uh, how do I become a stand-up comedian? And, and that came up like, you know, well, there you got to first, you got to come up with like three to four minutes of good, you know, a yeah. couple jokes, go to find an open mic, go to the open mic, try yeah. it out and, you know, and expand from there. So that's what I did. I wrote down. And during that time, I was really into like Louis C.K. I was into... Oh, he's funny. Yeah. And I was into, um, what's that guy? He's got his own show that, the TV, that, where they show videos. Uh, Tosh.0. Tosh, Daniel, Daniel Tosh. Tosh. So I was into that style. So you're into Raunchy. Yeah. So I was like... I was like, let me try that. Mm-hmm. And so I did for like the first couple times that I did it. Uh-huh. And they actually landed really well. And really? then like my fourth or fifth time, I was, at, I was doing an open mic at a place called the Edge Comedy Club, which was, it used to be on the corner of like Halstead in Chicago by the Chicago Tribune. Uh-huh. Which ironically, I worked there for many years too. Oh, okay. And uh, it's closed now, but it was, during that time, like when I Googled, that was the place to go. It was like the number one spot for open mic and then they had like a monthly showcase and uh-huh. they pulled in a really great crowd they had multiple stages and there's a really cool place and so like i went and went and went and like my fourth fifth time he was like hey man next time i, th- I think i'm gonna put you on the monthly showcase you're really good and i was like hell yeah you know and then the next week i come in for the open mic and i find out they're closing oh shit. And they're like we're just having one big blowout they- open mic but there was like a great crowd and i went up there and just crushed it really yeah and i was like Yes, like I'm. This is it. Yeah. And then I just failed for like, after that. How did you fail? I just bombed. Really? Yeah. How 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 was that? <clears throat> Walk me through that feeling, because <laughs> the idea of bombing is so just d- destructive. Yeah, it, so it was. How, it literally that. made me change everything about the way I did stand up. So you didn't do raunchy anymore. I never wrote another joke after my first bomb. Wow. Yeah. 
I shouldn't say never wrote another joke. I never put pen to paper to write out a joke. Uh-huh. I tried to still do different stuff without telling my story. Yeah, yeah. But it never started. It never worked until I really started telling my story. Okay, so you still do open mic or you're getting... I Not really. No, okay. I haven't done an open mic. And the only time I'll do one is if like I have a big show coming up, big showcase or something, and I want to you know, get kind of polished up. But I actually find now that open mics are really good for a beginning comedian just yeah. to get the feel of a stage. Because the first time you step on stage is just terrifying. Yeah. And you want to get over that, you know? But after that, I find that it's destructive because you end up being around a bunch of other comedians who are all trying to do the same thing. So when you go to an open mic, you know, it's like you sign up two hours early to get on the list and then you wait to like you're there for five hours. You're waiting five hours of your life for four minutes of stage time. Half of them, they'll bump you because no one knows you doesn't care who you are. You know, mm-hmm. they want to get their friends up. It's very cliquish. And then you don't really learn if your jokes hit because what happened is I go to open mic and open mic and I would bomb and bomb and bomb. And then I would somebody would book me somehow. For a showcase where there was an actual audience, and then I get laughs. Well, yeah, I mean, you you go into an open mic and they're all full of comics. So yeah, and everybody's really already in their head about their jokes. Yeah, like so they're, not, they're really not paying attention, the or they're critiquing the shit out of you because mm. you know that's the bad thing about doing stand up for this long is it actually ruins stand up for me. Like I don't, I you thoroughly don't find do joy? not enjoy watching stand up anymore. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. So it's like my best friend will call me up like, "Hey man, I just saw this. You know, great. You should check this out." And I'm like, "I guarantee you, I can tell you exactly what he's gonna do and say in the first 15 minutes, and if I can, I'm not watching. Okay, cool, do it. And I'm like, so he's gonna start with this, he's gonna, you know, and then he's like, oh, fuck, you're right. Because <laughs> you, know? you see, it's a, comedy now is not, it's not original. It's, it's so, it's so similar to everybody else's stuff that it's insane. Like, so it's like copy-paste. Yeah. Kind of like music. Yeah, like you pretty much. To, you yeah. listen to hip-hop, it's the same song. Exactly right. Just, you know, uh, yeah. recycled. Um, so, do you hit up the stand um, clubs now, or? So I, I did, I did like the Laugh Factory, and I did um, like a showcase at Zanies and whatever. But I was about to ask about Zanies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, since I started acting, I've kind of just let it go, and I just wait to get booked. Okay. And I find that it's better. Comedy is something I wanted to succeed at so bad that yeah. I almost stress myself to the point of like going crazy with it really? you know? like i wanted well, yeah, to work. you obsessed yourself over yeah it. i was completely obsessed with it and like every single show was like either life and death like that's how it felt like i would go in like if i do bad this time i'm screwed like i'm done i'm i'm never you know i'm not funny and then if i did great i'm riding a high and uh-huh. then if i do bad it's like i quit com- like i've never I, I shouldn't say quit i never considered truly quitting comedy okay but like i just like i suck I'm horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like this huge emotional roller coaster that, I mean, I just had to step away from it. Okay. Because you know? I want to be bad. I mean, I, I guess that's good because I want to be bad really, I want to be good really, really bad, you know? Yeah. So when's the last time you hit the stage? Um, the last time would have been probably this spring. Um, it was at uh, Cigars and Stripes out in Berwyn, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah and Ogden. I was, that was, yeah, and I was featured on that. Um, and that's what it's been lately. I just get lucky. There's a few people, producers, um, bookers out there that, you know, respect me enough and like my comedy that they'll just call them book me wow. and stuff. Yeah. That's um, cool. So but it doesn't without, happen a whole Without lot you being often. active, you're still getting booked. Yeah. But that's it's just like decent. very, it's pretty spread out. Like it's every month or a couple of months or well, whatever. That's still decent. I but mean, I like it the fact that you're not going out there. Yeah, I go out and make material. a quick paycheck. I get to be on stage. Oh, you get paid for that? Of course, yeah. Oh, wow. And so I'll go out and I'll like, you know, I'll get that paycheck and it'll feel good because I have been, and by doing that, I haven't had a bad show or a bad, and 
maybe a couple of years. That's good. Yeah. Are you sticking to the same material or? That's a good thing too, is that I learned again by Googling that <laughs> the, you know, Ron White's been doing the same stand-up material for his whole career. He's been standing up on so stage he's had saying three, the same He's jokes. had three, I think three or four specials. Uh-huh. But if you look at his early stuff, you can find bits of those in every single one of his 30 oh. years ago. So like new material sprinkled yeah. here and there. So, and that's what I'm doing. So like now, because if it works, why would, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm. Of okay. course, if you go to an open mic every single night of the week, people are going to be like, you suck, come up with something new and original. Yeah, yeah. No. If it works, and you're, you're not seeing the same crowd every night, why yeah. would you change that? Yeah. You know what I mean? If it works, you stick with it, and you build upon, build on it. So like now, I'm, I'm at like 40 minutes of comedy, and oh, I'm going to continue to build. That is good. Until I get my special one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, that's how that's going to work. I have it planned out, you see? <laughs> you know, your next Google search should be, how do I get a special? Yeah, I'm, I've that. already I've You already, already did that? Yeah. YouTube. I'm, I'm waiting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. That's why I started acting. You know, I, I feel like it'll... Good segue. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into acting? I Googled it. You Googled... I, Googled. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, you know what? It, it's actually my ex. Um, I was struggling with comedy and she saw how bad I was struggling with it. Uh-huh. And she was like, maybe just, you know, have you ever thought about being an actor? I'm like, that no. I acted in high school... Um, drama for, for a church thing like a play it was like you know, the passion play so like the Easter resurrection of Jesus and so you were Jesus and I played a Roman soldier okay. for like five years um, and it was like and it was actually looking back it was actually a really big theater thing in the area I was from it, it drew it played all week long you know it's a paid thing yeah you know oh, tickets wow. and all like it was a big big thing look at that and I had like you know a couple lines like I I, I think I'm the one that either stabbed Jesus or at, when he was on the cross or I asked him if he wanted water and I put the sponge up there with whatever it was. I can't remember yeah, what yeah. in the Bible what it was but anyway so I did that and I thoroughly enjoyed it but I never took it serious and then when I started to be become a comedian uh, that was kind of like looked down on like being an actor yeah it's kind of like selling out like a true right because if you look if you look at it though uh -huh. and this is my this is why I became an actor and I really took it seriously now is because I want that comedy special and I realize that you have to do something else. If you look at every famous comedian in the game right now, yeah. they've done some acting. Yeah. And it's helped their career. I mean, Kevin Hart, he was mm. in a few movies before anybody knew who he was. He was a person I was thinking of when yeah, you said that. Yeah, I mean, across the board, though. You know, yeah. and, and um, Jeff Foxworthy's done a bunch of, you know, mm. he's done his own movies. Like, so that's kind of to truly make it as just a comedian. I mean, even Louis C.K., how many times was he on... He has his own show. ...late night television. Yeah. And you still, he had no fame and really wasn't making any money. And then he comes out with this show and it, all of a sudden he's one of the biggest, you know, comedians in the world or whatever. I could watch his specials and just laugh my yeah. ass off. His, his, his take on everything is like... The way he talks about his kids... Yeah. I mean, he loves his kids. I love my girls. But the way he talks about them... I laugh because I could relate. Yeah. Continue. So you, um, you decided to get into acting because that's the Well, because way. she said, no, I didn't think of that until after. She mm. kept saying, well, why don't you go do acting? Why don't you try? And I'm like, no, I'm a comedian. I'm diehard comedian. That's it. Uh -huh. And then she was like, well, you could like do extra work. That way you're making some money. You're not selling out, but you're just going out to make a paycheck. At least you're getting paid to do something you kind of like, you know, whatever. And I'm like... No, I kept telling her no for like a year. I'm like, there's no way. And then one day, I was just like frustrated. And I'm like, man, I got to do something. And she's like, hey, 
here on my phone, Chicago PD, uh-huh. you know, and this is, and I'm like, oh, that's all I got to do. You know, you just, you just send in your name and your height and weight and your, you know, a couple pictures that I take in front of a white wall and that's uh-huh. it. And I can be on TV like, fuck it, let's try it, you know. <laughs> And uh, and it pays, you know. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. You when know? did you start? When did you start BG work? So like maybe two and a half, three. I don't remember the exact day, but it okay. was probably two and a half, three years ago. Okay. And um, so yeah, I just like anybody else, I just started submitting only to PD. Really? Yeah, because that's the only one she showed me, and I wasn't interested enough to really to look do. into it. So I did it for like three weeks straight. Everything I saw that I thought I could do, and then all of a sudden I get one of those availability Checks. things. Yeah, and it was like. Hey, can you play like a, a guy at the police station? I don't know if you, you've probably done the police station scenes or know someone has where they yeah. do it at Sinspace Studios. Yeah. And you're, yeah. And it was one of those things, you know, one of those bad guy things. And um, so I went in there and of course they tell you bring your three wardrobe options and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So like, of course, I obsessed about it that night and spent so much time on trying to get this shit together. Was to get this in there. featured or just No, just regular, regular okay. background. And, uh, and I show up, I remember that I showed up that first day and they were like, I walk up with my suitcase, carefully packed with yeah, all yeah. my options. The guy's like, hey, you're playing a criminal, right? And I was like, hey, he's like, great, great look, you nailed it. And I'm like, I have, these aren't even my options. Like, this is just my street clothes. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. He's like, oh. And I told him, I was like, yeah, this, this are my options. He's like, oh, well, you look great. Was this a skinny tall guy? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So I was like, okay, screw it, you know? And that was the first time I ever did background work. I'm like, I guess so, I'm a natural. So that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talk about criminal work. You, you you have reoccurring, not reoccurring as the same character, but you've done a lot of criminal yeah. characters on PD, right? Yeah, I've I've been featured on a few things, and I mean that's. I don't think I've ever gotten anything that wasn't criminal for pd for sure okay um, but i've you know i've done back i did background for med. after that you know i started like oh this is easy and yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool being on set and i'm learning so much you know yeah. and so then of course i started going for everything else and i actually got booked for tons of other you know like red general pedestrians with cars and, yeah you know stuff yeah. like that i mean i got a feature on shameless one time where i wasn't a criminal but i was just an asshole that <laughs> threw a cup and like this kid's mopping up like you know, this this old guy is at a at a at a store and he's just mopping up in the restaurant, uh-huh. um, you know, this big mess. And there's this young manager yelling at him, and Frank Gallagher's looking in the window trying to decide whether or not he wants to go straight or not. Yeah, yeah. And he sees this old man getting yelled at by this young kid, and that's his like that's when he's like, screw this, I'm going back to what I used to do, uh-huh. you know. And I just walk by and like just trash the place with a cup, <laughs> right? And you know, so it's like a feature, and a, you know, main part of that oh, clip cool. of the scene. Or Did whatever. you apply for that, or were you no, kind of no, given? No, none of my feature have ever been applied for. Really? Never. Oh, so they were given. So completely like, hey, surprised. Yeah, that is yeah. dope. Actually, the first one, I think the one you you mentioned earlier before we were on uh, on air here, you, uh-huh. you mentioned the the one on PD, the future featured gangbanger guy. Yeah, I think you were behind Voight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> that one, I didn't know I was featured. I remember they were like, uh, I think they picked it the day of. Right? Yeah, so like, I, I, I don't think I didn't submit for it. And they said, Hey, do you want to come play like a, a gangbang? I'm like, Yeah. It was between you and Chris Haney. I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember who if it was between anybody, but I just remember that they they were like, Yeah, you you know, come on in. And they didn't ask about wardrobe or nothing. And I yeah. show up. And they have this whole wardrobe picked out for me based off of stuff I sent in the past. Okay. But even then, I still didn't know. They didn't yeah. say feet. It was still the 88 for 8 or whatever. You know, like, I wasn't thinking anything. And they bring us in. We're having fun. You know, we bring it in. We meet, um, what's his name? The Hispanic guy that plays Hector in all his films. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah Noel. Noel G, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, and we're like, oh, this is cool, you know. And then they yeah. they break it down what we're doing, and we're like, all looking at you like, holy shit, like. This is actually one, like, background, as you know. Yeah. You think you're on camera, you aren't, or whatever. Yeah. But this is one of those where you're like, okay, this is... This is Yeah, legit. this might be this a real, real. Yeah. But again, they never said it, and they never told us that it was mm. like, until we are on there, and then we're all kind of looking at you like, okay, they're going to pay, like, they should pay us for this, because we're, yeah, yeah. you know. And then now, of course, like, that, that scene, like, when we saw it live was crazy, because we were definitely very, very featured. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. I remember seeing that, that yeah. clip, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. I worked, my first day on set was with you, and we were walking together past yeah. the fire truck, and I remember, I know yeah, him, man, I know right? him. Oh, Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire, yeah. Yeah, yeah when you were telling me about Captive, uh, Captive State, you were an inmate over there? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. but that was, yeah, that was a rough day. Did you work that? I did the cattle call for um, the Bear Stadium. Yeah, okay. Oh, that was this was a cattle hard. call, too, pretty much, where they just had us, like, a hundred of us lined up, distant background, just marching to this invisible spaceship or whatever it was, but it was, like, did, did 20 you degrees. Did you screen? No, or, they, or? Just, they didn't even have that. Like, really? It was, yeah, they just had us walk on the pier, and it was, like, 4 o'clock, you know, in the morning, 20 degrees outside on Lake Michigan on the pier, wind whipping across. Like, it was horrible. And, yet, and then they're like, "Hey, take your hat off," because we had to look like we had been. Yeah. We were, you know, uh, you know, what do they call them? Um, fu- not fugitives, but just you know, refugees. Refugees down yeah. and out, being shipped off somewhere to some prison camp, and we yeah. were like, so they stripped us horrible. of our hats and gloves. Oh, it was awful. And, and uh, you only got the base 88 yeah, for eight. 88 for eight. Oh, yeah, my it was awful. God. I never even watched the movie. You didn't? No. I was about to ask you. Because I'm like, there's no way I was seen in the I, movie. Yeah, I so. haven't seen it at all. I know I know. one of the BGs on the, on the Bear Stadium ended up getting a nice big bump. Really? They ended up getting sacrificed for, for whatever it was. I yeah. have no idea. I didn't watch the movie. Yeah. What is your favorite film that you've done for indie? Where you at? Um... Well, I think the the one right now would be the follower. Okay, um, and that's just because of many reasons, actually. Um, the type of character it was, um, the type of story it was. So it's a short film about uh, it's like a domestic abuse short okay. film, but it's more of like the mental and emotional abuse as, a, as opposed to there is some physical abuse in there, but it's it's pretty deep, okay. you know. Um, so that's like the, the so the the subject matter is great. Um, the other reason I like it is because of the, the level of actors that I worked with on that film, which was um, John Sater from Chicago PD. Oh, no um, way. Yeah, um, and Kara Kilmer from Chicago Med. Oh, um, that's dope. I didn't know that. Yeah, and also, it's also been like going to a bunch of film festivals. So, like, the 14th is going to be at the Studio City Film Festival in L.A. Um, oh, So, I'm wow. flying out for that. Wait, was, was that, you're going? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's I, awesome. I can't miss that, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, I saw on your reel, you had a scene with John uh, Yeah, John Was Cena. that that's, the one? That's the one, yeah. And you're playing the abuser. Yeah, well, no, I, he's the abusive one. He is the abusive and one. And I'm kind of like, without giving too much away, because yeah, it's not no, really you're good, yet, you're good. Um, I'm kind of like his, his, not his little brother, but I look up to him, and he's Got kind it. of teaching me his ways, and he's kind of um, trying to hook me up with his daughter. That that's probably is... the most I should say. But Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was like that's that is an, was an amazing experience across the board. How did you get that? So as we were talking about earlier, the 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 um, that feature on Chicago PD. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was on set, I ran into Patricia Fontaine, 
who is the script supervisor okay. for Chicago PD. And so she saw my tattoos and we just started talking and she was telling me that she works, um, well, she started a non-for-profit called Patrick Lives On. And okay. what happened was her son was murdered oh, um, and, you know, shot in the back or whatever, yeah. and, you know, in cold blood. And so she started this non-for-profit that helps raise money for after-school programs for teens and, and um, not only, like, to sponsor teens that can't afford to get into after school yeah. programs, but also for those after school programs. So yeah. like scholarships and all kinds of, I mean, it's, it's amazing what she's doing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so she was telling me about that. And of course, like I, I've told you, I, I have a rough past. And yeah, it started yeah. when I was really young. Yeah. Um, like I went to prison when I was 16. I was tried as an adult when I was 16. Oh shit. Yeah, so like I, you know, I could kind of relate to her and yeah. stuff she went through. So by that, I started working for her non-for-profit. Okay. Um, and then we just were talking and she's like, hey, you, you know, would you be interested in doing this role? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. No and question. even then I had no idea, like, you had no idea what it was. On, I mean, was she, bill? well, she told me, yeah. like, within the first time or two we talked about the film. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was going to be or, like, how big, like, now it's becoming, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought on your reel it was an episode of PD. I was no, ask yeah, you about it that. Was a, that was independent. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Congratulations. I appreciate it. What is your take on typecast? So I was looking through your resume, and I seen a lot of your roles. And the one thing they had in common they were criminal. They yeah. were robbers. They were killers. So I want to get your take on, on typecast because you're a comic. Yeah. But the roles that you play on film are opposite. So, what do you have to say about that? Well, you say that because you don't know the type of comedy that I do. So, I tell you, I told, I, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. So, in a way, I'm playing the same thing on stage. Okay. Um, in a very real way, you know? Um, so, when I tell somebody I'm a stand-up comedian, the yeah. first thing they think of is it's like, ha, yeah, jokes that, and that's and exactly if, what you, I think. Have, you've met me, so you know that I'm not a goofy. I don't, yeah, no, 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 you're, pre, you're no, really yeah, pretty so serious. I, I don't joke yeah. around a lot. I'm not, you know, big into knock-knock jokes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like to have fun, don't get me wrong, but, like, that's, you know, so when I go and, and, and do stand-up, that's one thing that I have going for me is that, I'm different in that way. Yeah. There's no other comic out there that I've ever met that You're, does what I do. I have to um, agree with you. Because, yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so when it translates to acting, it's kind of the same thing. I'm uh -huh. not really stepping out of my comfort zone, which for me, on a, it kind of, in a very selfish way, it, it bothers me because I want to be an actor. Okay. Right. You want to challenge I yourself? I, I, I shouldn't say I want to be. I am an actor. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly applying for roles outside of that. And, and you, I've talked to my agent, like, can you, I want other shit. Uh-huh. And it's, she's like, oh, no, for sure I can get you those, for sure. But then when I get the, the call, it's like, hey, you want to go audition for a gangbanger for Claire <laughs> Simon? You know, and it's like, ah, uh, I mean, yes, of course, of course I do. <laughs> but what happened to other shit we were talking about? You know what I mean? Like, can I do something else? But I'm not going to complain. Yeah, because, you're not going to turn it down as a no, paycheck. No, and it's, it's great, like, you know... It also kind of helps, without getting too deep, but it yeah. also kind of helps me understand my path in life. You yeah. know, like, when, you, when you're 16, you're sitting in a jail cell, a prison cell, you're like, why me? You know, mm -hmm. or like, when you're in your early 20s and you're running from the cops, you're like, why me? But then, it all kind of pays off now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same with like the tattoos, like I'm covered in tattoos and everybody's like, you're an idiot. You're, you know, you're never going to get a job, you're never going to be successful. And I'm like, 
well, now I'm getting paid because, like, I've made way more money from acting because of my tattoos, tattoos. and my look than I ever spent on tattoos. So it's like literally an investment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I can tell people that, and they'll be like, oh, I guess you're right. You know, like, how can you argue with that? You know? Yeah. You know what? Next time you're on stage, you need to let me know. I want to go, and I'm going to take my wife. Um, right off the top, I'm going to tell you, I would be scared to laugh in front of you because of the way you look. Yeah. And I don't know your, your, your stance on stand-up or how you do it. I'm intrigued, and I want to know. So next time you do, and I know you get booked once a month, every yeah. other few months, let me know. I mean, I my next go. one's in November. I can't remember the oh, exact date, but I can tell you before. You're already booked. Yeah. yeah. Please let me know. Let me know. Um, <laughs> what is your preferred genre? Because you're saying that you want to get booked for other shit. You want, your, you want to challenge yourself. So, what is a challenging role to you? Mm. I would love to try a, a, a goofy role. Oh, okay. I would love to try it. I think, Comedy. Uh, yeah, a good comedic role. And, I, and of course, I mean, I, that's such a hard question to answer because, like, I think of something that would be so hard for me to do, and I think that being goofy, like like a Jim Carrey or something, would be yeah. hard for me. Really? Yeah, but also, then, of course, so would something like, very soft and like, um, you know, corny and whatever. I don't, I don't know all the other words you could fit on there. But oh, yeah. yeah. So, what what movie would be a challenging role for you that you would like? You saying Jim Carrey, right? So when you're 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 comparing yourself to him as far as the role you want to be in, right? So yeah. when you look at his catalog, what role would you like to be when you, if you're in Jim okay. Carrey? Shoot? I'm sorry, every one of them. I mean, every you, one you of look them. Look at Jim Carrey. I yeah, mean, all yeah, of his roles are fascinating. so fascinating. Yeah. So like whether it's Ace Ventura, you know, the Pet Detective, or or you know, Dumb and Dumber, it's like, oh, I don't know, you know how to mimic what he's doing, but it's like his face and the, you know, it's like. This this over the top goofy shit, you know? Oh my god! And I god. just think I think I could do it for a little bit. Yeah. But to do that for an entire film, for an entire yeah, and maintain that character would be. Like, oh, I would feel very good like, about what, myself. I would what, do it for free, you know? Like I would just to say I did that shit. You know what I mean? For real. <laughs> so when I say like, so when you ask about that. I would literally try all these roles for free. Really? Like, pay me to be the bad guy. When I when I wrote my my um, my um, cover letter to agents when I was sending out for agents and when yeah. I sent to Claire Simon and all this, I literally was like, I want to be the biggest bad guy in the film industry ever. Like, that is the goal. I want to be the goal. When you think of bad guy, uh -huh. I want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. And so I'll pay me for that. But then, like, I'll do the other shit for you. Do, just do the funny like, shit for Yeah, me. I, I can do that, you know? <laughs> just for my own ego, you know? That's, yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Um, when, when I think of Jim Carrey's catalog, his later years, like, it's... I forgot what movie I just lost interest. Not, not that yeah, I lost you did, interest. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but, like, uh, number 23. It was a decent movie. <laughs> but everything I've done is like, oh, my God, he's going dark. Yeah. I can't get into it. I love the the nineties. That's where I live. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, that's, that's where I live. That's that's his little sweet spot, right when there. When you say Jim Carrey, that's it. That's the only yeah. thing. Ace Ventura, yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. What other movies did he play in? But like they're, they're like they all live with inside me because when I was younger, he was my god. Like I mean, you know, yeah. it's kind of stupid to say that, but he no, was. I get it. You know, when yeah. I, I looked up to him, I'm like, oh my god, I want to be just like him. But. Um, I, I was looking through your website and 
I'm gonna I'm gonna share the the, the link with you guys on the, the post credits and also on the Facebook page. If you guys aren't following it, please follow it on Indie Center. Just search Indie Center Podcast on Facebook and you'll find it. Uh, but I was looking through your 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 website and I like the way you sold yourself. So I want you to explain the importance of branding yourself. Well, again, when I Googled how to become an actor, mm-hmm. it said that you need to you need to be honest with yourself, and it said that you need to know who you are. Okay. It's not a, a casting director's job to figure out who you are, or an agent's job, or anything. It's your job, right? So when I say what I say, I have to say it with conviction. I, you have to believe that you are that guy, right? Yeah. So how are you going to sell something if you don't believe in it, right? Sure, is sure. that answering your question? That is. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's highly important. You have to be able to believe in yourself and sell that to somebody in order for them to buy it, period. So that's like the most important thing to probably, I mean, I can, I say this now with how many years of experience, not very many, and not a whole lot of credits to my name, but so far, like it's proven factual, like this is who I I mean, but having that mindset so early on, it's really important because a lot of people get lost in the whole entertainment thing, right? They think it's all about just look at me, look at me, but they're not really focused on themselves and branding themselves. They're just saying, I want to audition. I want to do this, but they're not, they're not doing anything about it. So the fact that you're going out your way, you created your own, your own website. That's pretty impressive. And you have stuff to show for it. You got links, you got a bio for yourself. You're selling yourself with uh, saying that you have, you know, makeup for your, for your tattoos. I think that's pretty dope. And you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that do it, but it's really important, especially for you, that you're doing it so early on in your career because you're four years in, right? Four two, years in two, comedy. Two and a half. Two nine and years half. into comedy, two nine. and a half years in acting. Yeah. yeah, so doing it so early, it's so important, and it's great that you have that mindset. So I really wanted to touch base on you on that because I think that's really important, well, especially for the actors that are starting off. Well, that's... I mean, I don't, I don't want to get preachy or anything. No, you're good. But... A lot of actors or a lot of people that I know that, and I'm sure you got them too in your circle of friends that yeah. all they do is talk about what they want to do. And they yeah. never really do it. Or they, you know, they start something, they don't finish it. Yeah. They, you know, it's it's all, they're more worried about fame and all this. And I, I just want to get booked for my next role. Like, that's all I'm trying to do. So, like, the, t- the, t- the comment about the, the tattoos, yeah, it became because I need people to know, like, I will be that bad guy. But hey, you know I can do anything. I can be a I'll cover this shit. Too. I, I, I can... literally went and bought my. I literally went to Walmart and bought makeup, uh-huh. and learned how to put it on to cover my tattoos. So if I had to, I can do it. That's a technique that I would like to learn. It's not that hard. It's not. It's not. Did you YouTube it? I did YouTube. <laughs> you can YouTube it too. It's like it's two. I mean, I bought three products because that's what it said, and I did them, and then I figured out that with two products you can actually do the same thing, uh-huh. and it simplifies it. So yeah, I mean. And I can do a better job than like so when I it's go similar. to the makeup trailer, they're like, they do, and I look, I'm like, I can get, I can do better than that. Your job is shitty. You Did know? you tell them that? Yeah, Did absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. When I did the follower, you know, they they had the the whole crew was from Chicago PD and Chicago Med and everything. Uh-huh. Like the whole cast crew, everybody was from NBC, and I told them like, look, you're you're I can do better. You know, give, I, give, give me your palettes. I can, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it myself. I got my shit right here in my bag. I carry it with me when I go. You carry it with you Not, everywhere you go. No, when I go on any roll or anything, okay. just in case there's that split. Yeah. Like, hey, if we could lose that one tattoo, because that happens. You know, so like the follower, she's like, well, just leave one neck tattoo. Uh-huh. Because you know, so it's you know, you have that. 
ISO. So the whole idea was like what you said with the bio was just like, you know, you got to let it make them aware again of who you are and what you can do. And if you're not, if you're just going to put, hey, I'm an actor and I want to really be an actor, that doesn't help them. Yeah, and that's that's a great thought for investors. Like, like yeah. explain to the investors why they should invest in you. You are the product. You are the brand. Why should I give you the money? And if you're able to speak to yourself and why you should, you know, invest, yeah, then that's freaking dope, man. Yeah, that's so, a great takeaway. Even like, so just recently, I actually just got the email um, yesterday that I landed the role of um, playing. I can't technically say who it is. His name uh, is Jim, but it's. It's the story of the Trayvon Martin murder. Oh shit! Yeah. Congratulations! So it, yeah, thank you. On that. So it's a short film about that. It's called Seventy One Seconds. So I'm technically not playing George Zimmerman. Okay. We'll say that right? Yeah. But like when I went in, I told them like right away out the gate, I can cover my tattoos because they're like, take your glasses off. Why well, take my glasses off? What do you see? You know, you see teardrops. You see, yeah. You know, and I'm like, I took them off. I like, I can cover all this before we even start. I want you to know that. You know what I mean? And it helped them. They were like, they're like, it's good, you know, thanks for telling us that. Yeah. Because it helped me land the role. I'm sure of it. Yeah, Little yeah. things like that. You know, you good. have to cover everything. You can't just, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, so, yeah, you're a businessman. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. You're, but you're, you're on the right track, man. I think that a lot of that has to do with just who you surround yourself with. Like, and I was blessed by meeting Patricia early on and, yeah. and being around like that. That's why the film The Follower was such a big deal because I got to work with people who, I mean, Working background, as you know, is a whole lot of people sitting around blowing hot air oh, yeah. and talking about what they're gonna do and oh this and God. you know what I mean. And hey, like I've had so many people come to me, hey man, you want to be in my indie film? And I'm like, yeah, send me the script. Oh, I don't have one, but here's what I'm thinking. And then like, I, and I'm like, no, I'm a professional fucking actor. Like you have a script, and then I'll and then I'll play that role. Like you know what I mean? Like, how am I supposed to respect you as a director or a filmmaker yeah. if you don't even know the character yet? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm gonna show up to set and have to guess, and I don't want that. You yeah. know. So I was really, really blessed to be around people that aren't like that. You yeah. know. I mean, I sat down multiple times and talked to John Sato. And, you know, we didn't talk business that much about the film industry, yeah. but just watching. I like to observe people. Yeah. And just watching. Like, like To him, that film was no big deal, right? Yeah. You know, he's getting paid how much ever money to be on PD yeah. and all the, and he's been on so much stuff. And then he does this little short film. But he came in there day one, had the whole script memorized. Yeah. Was asking questions. Like, he threw himself into that 100%. For the, yeah. And I'm like, and Kara did the same thing. And I'm just like, and then all the all the uh, production, like it, were just hundred yeah. percent for this for this indie film. This indie film, yeah. Like they treat it like it was a billion dollar project, you know, like yeah, yeah, five hundred yeah. million dollar budget, yeah. and it's like it was insane, you know. And I, I, so I learned so much from that just right there. Like, okay, I need to step my game up. Yeah, you know, like I literally signed up for acting classes right after that because I'm you like, did? yeah, because like with comedy, my wife kept saying, my ex wife kept saying. You should take classes. I'm like, if I'm gonna be good at this, I'm gonna learn it on my own. I'm not gonna give some guy a couple hundred bucks to teach uh -huh. me how to be a comedian. If he knew how to be a comedian, he'd be a fucking comedian. He wouldn't be a teacher. You know what I mean? Right or wrong? That is he'd right. He'd be out there that doing right. comedy. He uh -huh. wouldn't be te teaching me. So I'll learn it the old-fashioned way. I'll go to open mics and sweat it out. And I always said too, if I ever found something that I really wanted to do, really, really wanted to do, like, like, no matter what, I would take a class in it. Because everyone's like, you know, going like, hey, you know, you got felonies on your record, but go to college, you know, go take a class. And I'm, I'm not going to go waste money on a class. So the point is, is that was the moment I realized, like, 
I gained so much respect for for the same way that I had the respect for comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have the utmost respect for comedy. I didn't take the class, but to me I did because I sweated it out. Yeah. In the open mics. Yeah. You paid for your dues. Years. Man. You, you know what I mean? I, I put in work. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, I was like, okay. I respect this shit like 100. percent I'm gonna go take these classes. I'm gonna spend as much money as it takes because yeah. it's gonna pay off, you know. And not maybe not financially. Who knows where I'm gonna end up? But I know at the end I'll be a damn good actor, you know. Yeah, it's dope. And man. that's yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm. That's it. All right. <laughs> uh, well, before I sign you up, man, you have any special shout outs? Yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, Patricia Fontaine, obviously, and Patrick Lives On, and um, I would I would hope anybody that listens to this look it up. It's Patrick Patrick Lives On, one word dot org. Okay. And we have events every year. Um, every now we we have a film festival every February or March. So the deadline is in February. Okay. For short films, and so like if anybody's listening that wants to do a short film. That's the deadline, and you what can. What are the requirements for so it? So the requirement is less than twenty minutes. Okay. And no gratuitous violence or nudity or whatever. Um, and special preference will be given to people that do like thought-provoking stuff, you know, social justice type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a really big event. It's at it's at uh, Resolution Studios, and if you want to rub shoulders with people that are really in the indie film yeah. scene, not. Not people at your at your you know cattle call for extras and stuff like real yeah. people that know what they're doing to take it serious. You want to go, um, even if you don't put a put a film in. It's like yeah. twenty bucks to get in. It's catered by like Cooper's Hawk Wine and Tito's and like um, Madsen Steakhouse and like you know. So it's like it's great. You get your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. And you see all these great indie films, um, and then all the money goes like back to get back kids to off the, the streets, man. Yeah. Like how important is it? You know what I mean? Like that is really important. Yeah. So. I mean that's kind of off subject, but like we're in Chicago right now, yeah, and it's you know it's violent, and everybody talks about what can we do, and we march downtown. You got to make the change, man. Yeah, but if you, you want to see the change. You got. Oh, we're gonna change. go march on Lakeshore Drive, far away from the violence. But we're not gonna give twenty no. bucks to a cause that's gonna actually take kids off the street. Affect anything. Yeah, so I it's mean, gonna affect traffic, man. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, not to get too off topic, no, but that's like you know. So shout out to Patrick Lives On too, just for for doing that, and then also giving me a chance. You know, we're yeah. doing another film. We're going to start filming another film in February that is about, um, it's more, um, I'll be playing a gangbanger. Again, uh, <laughs> yeah. again. Well, and I told her that's cool, but, you know, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, shout out to them, man. And like, go to the website, patrickliveson.org, you know, donate 10 bucks. It's literally, I mean, I, I can tell you it's going where it's supposed to go. This isn't one of those things where the money's just going yeah, to somebody's pocket. Patricia doesn't spend this money. Yeah. She doesn't need to spend the money. She's the script supervisor for PD. She's yeah. making enough money. She's good. All this money goes back into the community. So, like I said, go check it out. They have the film festival. Next fall, they have this... Uh, actually, speaking of comedy, uh -huh. I should have mentioned it earlier. So, next fall, we're working on possibly doing a comedy thing. Okay. Um, so, last couple years, it's been like... Um, it's been a kind of variety show uh -huh. where the stars of the Fire Med PD all get together and like they'll sing and they'll just do yeah, yeah, weird yeah, yeah. stuff. And they have like this, you know, VIP event where you can spend extra money and again all the money goes back into the community yeah. and you can go and you can meet all these celebrities and you can take pictures with them and get autographs and all this. Um, but next year we're, we're thinking about maybe switching them to do a little comedy, you know, oh, that's like good. so it's like again, just go to the website, man, yeah. and come to the event, donate some money, man, like you know, it's great. That's good, man. Well, thank you for coming on, man. You've shared a bunch of great stories. And you know, the message is heartfelt. Good. Everybody, please go check out the website.
and support the cause. Um, I'm looking forward to that comedy event. I'm looking forward to the invitation in yeah. November. And for, people can also look on my web. That will be posted on my website. Yes. We talked about branding, and I'm, I'm not great with my comedy on the website, as you can tell. Yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. a whole lot going on there, but it will be on there in the next week or so, and All so right. the date will be there. If you would like to learn more and connect with J.P. McAllister, you can visit him on his website at jpmcallister.com. That's jpmcallister.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button to stay centered on all Indie Center podcast episodes. If you are an independent creator and have a story to share and want to have a sit down, please email me at indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. That's indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. If you have sponsorship inquiries, I'd love to help local businesses. Please email me at indiecenter.podcast at gmail.com. Until next Monday, guys. Peace.